For some reason, Gentry's Marvelous Exotic Zoo has seen fit to sponsor this podcast. Gentry Zoo claims to have the most dangerous collection of dinosaurs, aberrations, oozes, demons, devils, vermin, monsters, magical creatures, animated constructs, automatons, elementals, and Cthulhus. Enter at your own risk. The estimated survival chance is approximately 50%, and that sounds very reasonable to me. Maybe I can pick up a new familiar. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ, as ever, it's a delight and a veritable pleasure to be here. Got a guest. Hi, I am yes. Matt Corley, and I'm just very Hi, happy Matt. to be here. Huzzah! I'm actually really excited. We're, we're, I, I, I love we're, we're very happy to have you here. Yeah. Bright and early on a, well. on a Monday morning. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll just quickly introduce you, and um, just so just so the the listeners know know who you are, and then we can delve into your stuff a bit later in the podcast. But uh, yeah. Matt, you're producing you're you're an RPG designer amongst other things, but you're producing uh, a charity um, based RPG adventure for uh, for an organisation called uh, Friends of Kids with Cancer, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, sir. It is. It's an organisation that um, you know. I know we will talk about this later, but you know, my daughter was diagnosed with cancer on uh, yeah. February second, and they came in to our room the second day we were there and handed her a gift card. And as you can imagine, it was a rough weekend. And at that point, yeah, she changed. Yeah. Nothing like giving a kid money. I mean, honestly, she just like immediately <laughs> sent me out the door to go spend it. And they have been amazing. And so Harp's great, feeling so much better now. She probably will run through the background here at some point. Um, and yeah, so now that we're feeling better, we want to do something for them. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we will talk all about that in a bit. But should we jump into some RPG news? I suppose you could. Do you remember last week we mentioned uh, the uh, the poll for the top 10 D&D monsters? Oh, yes, that's right. Yes. Well, I um, have the results. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. You do look excited. Time. You look very excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I was right. I mean, I, I could think of one oh, that I like. You, I would, I, you, you know what? Think number one? It's... I... I'm going to have to go SRD because I have to write. So when I write, I have to use the SRD. So I can't really go from the whole catalog. Um, although whole catalog, I love uh, Illithids, of course, Beholders and such. But probably one of my favorite SRD is actually the Gibbering Mouther. Okay. They're so much fun and they are never used. And they will mess I up the party. I don't think I ever have used one, actually. I, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think. In the wild. Tell, tell me about the gibbering mouth. So it's uh, a, what is it? A CR2, I think? CR1N2? It's oh, pretty, okay. so it's low CR, CR. However, since well. it gibbers, it will actually basically make everybody confused, like per the spell. And all of a sudden, you can have your first level, second level party basically kill each other. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a great time for everybody. It just introduces so much chaos. It is so much fun. The um, monster's not that dissimilar to you, Peter. Peter scribbles notes <laughs> furiously. <laughs> yes, you'll get yours, Morris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this sounds well. I'm I'm running a sort of a West Marches game with lots of um, bizarre monstros monsters and monstrosities. 
So reskinning something to look like a uh, also a gibbering mouther seems seems like it'd be loads of fun. Yeah, so thank you very much. A, a little herd of gibbering mouthers, even at CR two, can mess up anybody because they all have yes. their own saving throws, and that's how kind of look at it from the math perspective occasionally. And you know, you could do four CR. Four or five uh, Gibbering Mouthers can actually take out a pretty good level party, especially if the other players, the players kind of get into it and like, oh, uh, and do the confusion and, and try to kill each other. It's it's interesting. It's fun. It's fun. So, yeah. anyway. what would you say? What would you say your favorite monster is then, Peter? Mm, what's my favorite monster? You know what? I do have a bit of a soft soft spot for the Flame Skull. Okay. It, I know, I know, it's an unusual choice. Um, like, I think they're quite cute the way they float around, <laughs> casting flames at people. But um, failing that, I think I can do terrible, terrible things with hobgoblins mounted on giant wolf spiders. Hmm. That, that, that that's the sort of thing. It's like, no, no, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have let Peter have a battle mat. This is, this is a dreadful mistake. We regret everything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, shall we find out whether or not uh, Gibbering Mouthers, Hobgoblins, or Flame Skulls are in the top 10 monsters then? Huzzah! Yes. Okay then. So, n- number 10. Yes. Was. Yes. That old favourite. The Mimic. The Mimic! Ooh, oh, classic. they're good. That is a good one. Oh, they're made. No, I haven't, I haven't seen a Mimic in the world for ages. In fact, there's nothing, there's nothing like sitting on a toilet and discovering it's a Mimic. Ah, that's a voice of experience right there. We're having a mimic map. You can have a mimic inside a mimic. Come on now. Ooh. So yeah, Cobalt did that. They actually have a series of mimics in one of their books. I think it was Tome of Beast, And uh, one of them was a mimic Ooh. map. So you pick up Ooh. a map and it's actually a mimic. That would ruin your day. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that's good times. That's good fun. It wouldn't ruin my day. Yeah. Okay, number nine. Number nine. Number nine is the Displacer Beast. Oh, I do like a Displacer Beast. Another solid choice. Again, that's one I've never used. Yeah, I've never never used a Displacer Beast. Not sure why. Um, I've used Blink Dogs on more than one occasion. I keep going mm. back to the Blink Dogs, the traditional enemy of Displacer Beast. But mm. yeah, have I actually used one? I think I have. Uh, yeah, it's just like... Is that the one with the big arms coming out of their backs, aren't they? Yeah, yeah the tentacles. It looks like yeah. a panther with tentacles. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's number nine. Number eight is yep. the Kobold. Of course. Hey. A solid choice. That one. Okay. Yeah, a solid choice. <laughs> Use those. <laughs> what is this? The Kobold dance you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm quite a big fan. You know what? I've forgotten Kobolds actually technically count as monsters. Um, I've just reminded that today, this very day, is actually the one-year anniversary of our Kobold campaign. Which is a party of all kobolds all mm. the time playing through Horde of the Dragon Queen and getting massacred. I take it. Uh, you would be surprised. It's they're, 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 well because they're all really good at dexterity. They tend to go first, mm. and when you have like monks and rogues and so forth, they also tend to hit ridiculously hard. So it's like Team Alpha Strike. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, like, like, I like, co- I like kobolds as those nasty little trap-making critters. I like, I like outfitting a kobold warren with tons and tons and tons of nasty. I, that's what I want to write. I keep forget. Yeah. I, I keep forgetting to tell or ask Wolfgang if I can pitch it to him. I guess I don't have to ask to pitch, but a kobold warren and have it all mm. be like CR half and CR one kobolds, but make it for like level twelve. 
and just have the ma- the traps and everything. I mean, if you use tactics, all you have to do is sit up there behind cover and just shoot you 50 times. Do you know, do you know what I think Cobalt Press should do? They should do a level 1 to 20 campaign featuring <laughs> nothing but cobalt. cobalts. <laughs> you know, we can pitch that. <laughs> we can pitch that. Just this massive cobalt mega dungeon. I, you know what? I think you could totally do it, too, oh. actually. <laughs> that, 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 that would be horrifying but awesome yes, I mm. say that. yes but someone else would have to run I don't know if I could <laughs> so many cobots so many cobots <laughs> uh, okay All right. let's, leave, let's leave the cobots behind as we move on to number 7 okay yes what's number 7 my number 7 is one of my favourites Oh. one of the one of the ones that I voted for number 7 is yes. the death knight death knight that's iconic yeah. Yeah. I love the death knight they, yeah, you too. Lord Soth. And uh, yeah. of course, Joe's, yeah. Joe Manganiello's like, favorite thing ever is a Death Knight, I believe. Um, mm. oh. Death Knights are awesome. I'm trying to remember if I grabbed one, put one in a campaign once. Because usually when you put one of those in your campaign, your campaign ends. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not too much longer afterwards. Well, they're basically, Lord, Lord Soth is basically D&D's Darth Vader, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. He came here to uh, kill things and... That was about it, really. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Yeah, I was horrified. I didn't even have anything else to do. Just hands down. Yeah, yeah. Like, North oh, definitely, definitely one of my favourite D&D villains of all time. Yeah. We might have to do a D&D villains poll at some point. Okay. And oh. if Lord Soft doesn't win, I'll be upset. <laughs> well, it's not, we can, like, well not I so mean, it, it's, it's your podcast. You can make him win. I mean, really. <laughs> one way or the other. We will have no such veniality and corruption here. We prefer to reserve we've that sort of thing. We've already for our picked high number one. Now we're land, picking yeah. number two through nine I or think, two through ten. I think, I think I think it depends on how much Lord Soth is willing to pay me. Mm. Or that he's just willing to let me live, one of the two. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking that might be the second yeah. thing. <laughs> Alright, number six. Yes. Is that big old cubed lump of jelly, the gelatinous cube. Ah, lovely. The, 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 the source of many you see a floating skeleton ahead of you huh I reach up and try ah no help help it's got me <laughs> how okay. anyone ever came up with that monster I don't know I think it was just Gary Kygax saying these dungeons are awfully clean yes what keeps them so clean <laughs> and they're clean? also five foot square everywhere we go they are I bet he probably made it up on the fly like you said Paul he probably was like you know what you grab a skull like oh you know what? We need to make this more interesting. You grab yeah. the skull, and all of a sudden your it hand flies, turns like to flame beams. Yeah, I reckon yeah. so. I reckon yeah. so. Oh, um, and also uh, used in a pit trap. So someone falls down into the gelatinous cube. That's the best way to do it. I how, does, trying... how does how does it get out of that trap though? They can't climb. Can it doesn't. Oh, it, it can't. Exactly. Poor thing. So it just lives there in the trap forever. Yeah. Well, until it starts there, and then like. You try and kill the thing, and then the person that was inside then falls the rest of the way down the pit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's, that's excessively evil. <laughs> that's going to go in that kobold that adventure path that we're riding at the bottom of the pit. <laughs> I, I think kobold's well, well, riding. Halfway down, halfway down the pit. <laughs> it's, <laughs> stuck. Foot fall. it's stuck. It's stuck right there foot. in the middle. Precisely. <laughs> Got it. I'll, okay. jot, I'll jot my Let's notes down. Bye. Number five, another of my favourites, yeah. the incorrectly named Bear Owl. <laughs> bear oh, owl. you mean the Owl Bear? Yeah, yeah. The Owl Bear, which is or a much more sensible owl. name. 
bear owl. I've never heard anything so ridiculous in my life. It's more bear than it is owl. It is. Again, I, I, I forget these are monsters because I was playing a 13th phase campaign and that was my go-to form. It was like... Mm, I'll be a bear. I'll be an owl bear. You, you yeah. said, it, you said it there. Problems. I saw that. I'll be a, I'll so, be a bear. I could be an owl. No, best. Combine the two, be an owl bear. So... Uh, so we we I saw the cover for Tales of the Old of the Margrave, which is the book yeah, I was a designer on, and um, the cover has that huge owl, uh, owl bear. Mm. And I had already finished most of the book at this point. I'd probably written two hundred pages of it. I'm like, we don't have an owl bear in here, so we should probably <laughs> fix that. So I wrote my adventure, and of course, I put an owl bear in it to make sure that we had one. And I love the owl bears. I think they're awesome. And you know, they they're are. Awesome they're one of those sneaky ones because they have such a good uh, stealth. I think it is that they can again. They can tear through a uh, a lower level party pretty pretty effectively. Actually, yeah. yeah. They're just um, part of that sort of fantasy tradition of just taking bits of animals and sticking them. On. Exactly, <laughs> you know, sphinxes it, and manticores and. Uh-huh. <laughs> The chimeras, chimeras and all the other literally. and yeah. bear owls, fluffy, fluffy murder shadows, as they're better known to their aficionados. <laughs> Come on, who's next? Next is number four. Yes, yes. And number four has four letters in it. That's a clue. Okay, that's nice. <laughs> the so lich, not an orc, then. Yeah. <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> it's the lich. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. What happens Copy when a wizard gets today. too old? Yeah. Which... Like, I could try dying. But I don't think I'd like it. I think I'd just like to stick around here. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. That's, that work for everyone? Tried to Does die. It didn't take. Powered kill. Right. Anyone else? Disintegrate. Mm. No? No? Marvelous, marvelous. I'm glad we've resolved this like civilized people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three. Yes? Is an yes. iconic D&D monster. Possibly is it the iconic D&D monster? If it's in the order. It's the Red Dragon. <laughs> The dungeon. The red dragon. Oh, hmm. interesting. I'm, I'm not sure that'd be number one. Um, the red well, dragon. Born, you absolutely positively need to set everything on fire. Yes. Yeah. I love my red dragon miniature. I call it a miniature, but it's about a foot tall and a foot wide. So it's... Yeah, you whack that on the gaming table. People are like, oh, have we air? Yes. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> Looks like it's getting serious now. Yeah. Although my wife insists, because you know you, you're familiar with the one I mean, that's got like the fire coming out of its mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My wife insists it looks like it's puking rather than breathing, breathing fire. And that, once once she said it, you can't unsee that. <laughs> well, Ooh, she may not be wrong. Red... <laughs> well, 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 yeah. red vomit dragon. It's just got a really yeah. wicked case of indigestion. Yeah. Well, that's certainly <laughs> certainly an option, right? Now, we, now it's been knocked off its top place and we've uh, thoroughly mocked it. Who's in it left too? <laughs> we've got two left, yeah. We've got two left. Yes. So are they going to be gibbering mouthers, hobgoblins, I don't think my spider I'm not feeling good about my chances. Uh, this is not a smart way to It's going to be my campaign this year to, to get the gibbering mouther and some more stuff. All right. Number two. Yes. Is the Beholder. Oh, uh, they're a good one too. Yeah, no, no surprise there, really. I no, they're great, actually. Yeah, yeah they're awesome. Yeah. I remember reading something once, and I, I never, I did it when we played the game, but um, I don't even know who wrote the article. Heck, it might have been years ago. I'm sure it was, mm. where they were talking about a beholder lair and um, using it and making it three dimensional. 
Oh yeah, I've done yeah, uh, yeah. Because there's absolutely tunnels. no reason yeah. why they would have a layer that is like yeah. you know ten foot, you know those five foot squares, um, yeah. and yeah. nice and nice and easy. Like no, it's so you it's basically vertical. see a beholder rising out of the floor in front of you, don't you? Oh, that's, that's and then it goes up into the ceiling somewhere yeah. else, and then yeah. it comes out another one there, and it's. Just... I, I can fly. You can't fly. This is not a good tactical situation for you. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, you thought you could fly. Well, what this I did once I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I did once was uh, I uh, I armoured a beholder, oh. so it had like big, heavy sort of iron armour with great big sort of mouthpiece with teeth and stuff, and it was amazing. Nice, nice. I uh, when I had my lower level one, and my my players knew that every once in a while I would throw something that was way beyond their CR. Because I'm, I don't, I, I kind of fall with the the savage world rule, which is adventures are what they are, and you know what, you you mm. can't just choose to only have monsters and creatures of your own level. You know that's just not the way it works. You know it's like a Cthulhu thing too. And um, I threw I threw one that was basically a spore that looked like a beholder, and I just yeah. sat at the miniature in front of them. And it just moved really slow. And they were all just hitting. I hold my action. I hold my action. I hold my action. I hold my action. Just like two rounds of combat when no one did anything took about 30 minutes. But it was actually really fun. Yeah, that's I was waiting like for them really to shoot intense. it so it explode into a thing of spores and fill the entire canyon up. But I didn't uh, get them that time. Was it last week someone mentioned... Was it storm giants using lobotomized beholders as anti-magic lanterns? Was that you, Peter, that mentioned that? Uh, yeah, that was me. Not original to me. I saw it on Reddit. And I thought that was that's a great idea. Evil. Yeah, mm. yeah, no, absolutely. It's, that's it's, it's idea that more That's definitely worth stealing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. So that was number two. That leaves us with number one. I bet you can both guess now what number one is. Well, it's not a dragon. It's not a beholder. Mm. So... It's either going to be vampires or mind flayers. Mm, it is one of those it's two mind things. Flyers. Mind flayers, then. It's the mind flayer, yes. Yeah. They're it's awesome. They're so good. One. In fact, they got yeah. 41% of the vote. That's, uh, that's how is. strongly they showed in this poll. Yep. Right. That, is, that yeah. is one thing that could get me to write for DM Skilled, I think, would be because mm. that's IP, and I can't write about it unless it's directly <laughs> yeah. for Unless Ooh. Wizards puts their name on it, I can't write about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're awesome. Yeah, and mind flayers are, yeah, I'd say they're definitely one of... I'd say mind players, beholders, and dragons probably are the three most iconic D and D creatures, aren't they? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Dungeons and Dragons. So, it is. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. I'm just looking at that top ten list of how many things in there are literally D and D only. Mm-hmm. So there's no goblins in there. There's no. no. Uh, there's no unicorns or, or no orcs. <laughs> so we've got what mimic. That's D and D only, isn't it? Yeah. I think uh, so, yeah. Uh, Displacer Beast, that's D&D. True. Kobolds, that's, nope. are they D&D or have they, got an, nope. have they got an origin elsewhere? They have pre-existing nah. work yep. as being underground spirits. Yep. Death Knights, D&D. D&D. Gelatinous Cubes, D&D. Very D&D. Bear Owls, D&D. <laughs> like Man Pigs. Oh, what yep. <laughs> man Pigs, Bear Owls, yep. Okay. Liches, I guess the name. No, they're not. No, oh, liches yeah. are older. I'm trying to remember who did that. Uh, Undead wizards. There's like a yeah. It was the before Gary. Gary grabbed that from somebody. Gosh, what? Ah, uh, I know it wasn't Tolkien. It was Gary grabbed that from somebody else. I can't remember who it is. R- now. R- Russian folklore has. Um, I can't remember his name right now. Some Koshe. Remember it? Yeah, there we go. Koshe is a deathless, mm. um, who ha- kept his heart in like 
uh, that will seal box inside an egg, which is a good mm. trick. On an island guarded by a dog, something weird. The yeah, Russian yeah. Russian myths are awesome. They're so bizarre yeah, sometimes, yeah. but yeah, they're great. They are, absolutely. Dra- dragons, I think there is prior art existing. I think we yes. can say, safely <laughs> say dragons <laughs> think, have been around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then Beholders and Mind Flayers are definitely 100% D&D creations. Uh, actually, Mind Flayers are oh. Brian Lumley. Oh, are they? The Burrowers. The, yeah, that's, the I, burrowers that's what I've... That sort of the Burrowers from... Yeah, that was one of his old uh, HP Lovecraft things. T- so, Titus ooh. something. So yeah. it was... that was a, That's a good story, actually. They're very yeah. different, but they're also an underground tentacly thing that is super psychic so there's i think that's yes. where the inspiration came from the mm-hmm. other that gary and everybody did are definitely different um but yeah there's it's kind of interesting to see all those nowadays everything's coming out about all the history and all the different you know with arneson and gary and uh, rob Arndt and yeah. Arndt, not Arndt, rob Arndt, somebody i went to school with rob coons yeah, there's some pretty yeah. interesting stuff back there, actually. So, Coons has just agreed to start a column on my website, actually, which is quite exciting. Oh, that that's is awesome. awesome. That's really, really that cool. That is awesome. Bravo. Lots of, lots of old TSR anecdotes come in this way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think Beholders are probably more original than Mind Flayers, I would say. <sighs> yeah. Mind Flayers yeah. basically look like Cthulhu. Yep. Like little baby Cthulhu's running around. It is, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like They're it, cuddly. Yeah. <laughs> Have you hugged a Mind Flayer today? Yes. Well, remember, they need lots of walks and exercise, otherwise they get touchy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, right, is there any more actual news that we can yeah, there, is some, there is some actual news, yes. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, well, I don't know if we're ready for this, but go on then. Let's do it. Um, do, do you remember that uh, 5e-powered video game, um, Solasta, Crown of the Magister, that oh. was announced a while back, and there's yes, been a trailer yes. and stuff like that? That that's the one where they're supposed to be like when they when you're going through the dungeon, like the floor will break open beneath you and you can climb up and down. It has a yeah. full three dimensions. That was the that was the ambitious plan. Yeah. So there's a, there's now a gameplay uh, trailer and a demo. If mm. uh, if unlike me, you're not using a Mac, <laughs> so I, I, can't, I, I can't try I can't try this demo out myself. But on Steam, there's a demo of it. Um, Ooh, but okay. from the gameplay trailer, it looks amazing. I'm just like I, I'm almost tempted to go out and buy a Windows PC just to play this demo. Make the switch. It looks that it looks that good. You got you got you got characters on multiple levels on the same screen, climbing up walls and jumping off things. You got spiders coming along the walls rather than the floors. Nice. It's okay. just this sort of 3D. They call it verticality, isn't it? Is the word they've they've, they've used yeah, to describe yes, it. It looks yeah. amazing. Okay. Well, uh, I might have a look at that. Uh, preferably I'm not on a Linux box. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 what else do we have in the news? We have got... We have got... A new Ancestry previewed by Paizo. Oh, yes, for part so five second edition. So, what was it? We had uh, Hobgoblins last week, didn't we? Yes, that's right. Yes. So this week we have Leshies. These are apparently... Oh, like a sort of minor demon. I think they're like groups, 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 what? like from Guardians of the Galaxy. Groot. Oh, I am okay. a Groot. Groot. They're like right. nature spirits given form. They're plant people. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, they, yes. uh, they're small sized. They gain sustenance from the sun. Yeah. Okay. And they can shoot seed pods at people. <laughs> well, well, there you go. Down, um, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So that's I am Groot, but they shoot seed pods. 
Yeah, basically. Yeah. I'm group, but I'll give you a really bad case of hay fever straight away. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. That works. Yeah, why not? Why not? Oh. Well, well done, Pedro. Well done. Mm. Okay. Moving uh, on. Ch- <laughs> Do you guys know who Chuck Tingle is? Oh, I keep uh, seeing that on Rob Schwab's page. Rob, Robert Schwab from is, Demon Lord. Uh, is, it, is this the author? Is this real? Yes. That's what I keep saying. I think Rob keeps saying it's real, but I'm not convinced that Rob's not screwing with us. Uh, well, I, am lo- I am looking at the writes. Amazon page for the book right now. so I'm. But they, I'm, they write, write romances for, for given values of romance. Well. Um, and have always, and have seasoned isotopical lately, as I recall. So, yeah. So what we have here is uh, the Tingleverse, the mm. official oh. Chuck <laughs> Tingle role playing game. Uh, oh, man. Be still my beating heart. <laughs> it's available on Amazon now. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not familiar with the um, with the books myself, but um, are, are, are you sure you're not uh, deeply versed with his uh, corpus, as it were? Well, I guess I'm going to have to become deeply versed with his corpus. Corpus. <laughs> yeah. That's what you call the body of his works, you see. His corpus, corpus. Yeah. Oh, okay, because yeah. that's got it's the green word. guy like in the romance novel pose. That's like half naked, right on the front. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. That, I don't know yeah, how yeah, Rob. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Schwab saw that posted on Facebook, and it just went a little crazy. At least with all the all the nerds that follow Rob, um, it was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah well, this is this basically it thrusts you directly into the middle of your very own Chuck Tingle story, and you can play a Bigfoot, a dinosaur, a human, yeah. or a unicorn. They've well, got their bases covered. Yeah, what else is there? Yeah, yeah. Very comprehensive covering of all possible archetypes right there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, There's also five uh, character types. Bad boy, I guess they're the races, and then the sort of classes type thing. Uh, Bad boys, charmers, sneaks, true buckaroos, and wizards. (laughs) And wizards. Just just, just put that under and a wizard. Yeah, just yes. one though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you have to add point to that. Probably. Yes. What kind of? No, no, don't tell me what kind of. <laughs> no. Well, that's <laughs> oh, yeah, basically well, all I know about it. I can't, I can't really tell you much more. But uh, I guess if you are a Chuck Tingle fan, then um, this is hop on over to Amazon and news. Grab the role playing game. Passions all across the, uh, all across the um, Tingleverse. Yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the Tingleverse. Yes. Why? What a what a time it is to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should yeah. have so long had to see this. Yes. Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, um, I have many people that I need to tell about this. But sorry if I do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> should we jump from the tingle verse to Eberron? Yes, let's. <laughs> <laughs> before oh, before no. Peter actually explodes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just so excited. Just can't contain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I've become overstimulated by this talk of the tingle verse. The yeah. tingle corpus. The tingle corpus is, is made you stimulated. Uh, do you need to yeah, take so a moment, Peter? Do you need to? Oh, I'm already writing up my <laughs> character, which will be a Sasquatch true buckaroo thrust into the middle <laughs> of the most daring adventure. Ah, but will they be able to get out of the holes that the GM puts them in? That's the question. Who knows? Who knows? Exactly. It will be a mystery. 
Everon, you said Everon. I think we've I beaten did, this I horse did, to death. I, right. did, I did try deftly to steer the conversation onto Everon, but I failed completely, apparently. <laughs> you did. But yeah, you tried, and that's the important thing. Yes. You're contributing. <laughs> right, so Everon. Uh, yes. So Jeremy Crawford from Wizards of the Coast mm-hmm. and Bart Carroll, also from Wizards of the Coast, yes. appeared on Twitch. Mm-hmm. As they do, at about two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning, as they do. The most social of times. Prime time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, they revealed a whole load of information about the upcoming Everon book. <gasps> they made no mention of the cover, or whether or not that is still a placeholder cover, or whether okay. that cover's being replaced. Mm-mm. But have they, they have they confirmed tonight if those are placeholder races that they're going over. <laughs> I'm assuming that's not the case. Oh, okay. Uh, so they, they they essentially just went through the book uh, quickly. Uh, so there's a there's a there's an article on EN World just sort of summarising the entire hour long Twitch stream when they when they describe the book. So you could go and actually watch it if you want to, or you can just read the summary. Okay. Um, it's probably too long for me to just list right here. I think it's the sort of thing I'd just say you know check the show notes, go and have a look. Yeah. And uh, you'll basically see a description of the entire book, chapter by chapter. There. Any highlights? Uh, let's have a look. So we start with an over, overview of everyone, as you'd, uh, as you'd expect. We've got Dragonmarked Houses as fantasy corporations. Mm-hmm. Uh, rules and stories for playing Warford, Changelings, Kalash, Star, Shifters, Goblins, Hobgoblins, Bugbears, and Orcs. Uh, nice. Full rules for the Artificer. Oh, that's nice. Including that's features for making common and uncommon magic items. Uh, aberrant dragon mark feats group mm-hmm. patron rules um, for the late 19th early 20th style century organisations like newspapers criminals syndicates universities mm-hmm. spy rings stuff like I that yep. uh, possibility of the party becoming their own patron for example creating your own crime syndicate that's all just chapter one, by the way. That's, um, that's oh, one okay, chapter. Right. See what I mean? It's a long wow, list. Wow. <laughs> so this is like a thousand-page book. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty big book. Otherwise, yeah. we're getting one paragraph, which isn't as interesting as I had thought, because I was pretty <laughs> excited about some of these. So, uh, so, so, what, so what I'm hearing here is they took one look at acquisitions and corporates and were like, yeah, we can do better. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, let's, uh, 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 let's just whack it in the airport, okay? <laughs> Yeah. Well, chapter okay. four is an, a hundred-page adventure creation toolkit. A hundred pages. A whole bunch of adventure-building tables and maps and organisation information. Okay. A first-level adventure, stuff like that. Hmm. So yes. if you want to create your own everyone-based adventures, yes. that's how you do it. Uh, we've got everyone specific okay, monsters. So. I mean, I could just I could just read things off this page like for the next half hour. Yeah, people. Yeah, well, like. <laughs> <laughs> people, can, people can go and have a look I think there's, uh, yeah. there's Warforged uh, Colossi the size of skyscrapers and one of yep. the maps is a, a fallen Warforged Colossi <laughs> as a dungeon oh okay yeah. sounds quite cool uh, yeah living spells uh, a living cloud kill uh, oh that sounds good yeah yeah and lots lots lots, lots lots more yeah Okay, well, I was looking forward to uh, finding more about Eberron. Yep. Right. More on D&D. Unearthed Arcana. Yes. Sorcerer and Warlock options. Uh-huh. Those are two of my favorites. I really like... I like Warlocks, I like Sorcerers, and I like Monks. Those are probably my favorites. Interesting. I like Sorlocks. Yep. Sorlocks. 
Sorlocks. Sure we need more Sorlocks. War, Warserers. Warserers. <laughs> Warserers. No, no, it's definitely Sorlocks. Uh, <laughs> you, we take um, like some levels in Warlock, then you start taking levels in Sorcerer, and then you have the Meta Magic feat, which lets you sacrifice your spell slots to create extra magic points, or magic points make extra spell slots. But you are of course, wearing a Bigfoot when you do this. Of uh, course. Sometimes, yeah. or a unicorn. <laughs> or a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course, the best ones. They have the high charisma mod. Like, yeah, but then again... The <laughs> and, and those big pointy horns. Jonkers. Well, that is true. That does help in melee. But it's generally like the Bigfoot's got the constitution saves for like uh, any melee combat. So that's, that's yeah, you got to keep your concentration going. So yeah, the constitution's <laughs> very nice. Otherwise, what you're doing, you're doing. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It all matches. Sure. It all goes together somehow. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the sorcerer in this new Anath Arcana uh, gets a new sorceress origin feature, the Aberrant Mind. Okay. The warlock gets an, another worldly patron, which is uh, the Lurker in the Deep. Wasn't that the name of the creature outside Moria in Lord of the Rings? The in the pool. in the Deep, I was think. That that was that the Watcher in the Deep? Is that um, oh, okay. Pretty sure. But yeah, close enough. And also, isn't this basically the same thing as a, say, I don't know, a great old one? I was just thinking, wow, so we... Yeah, it's good to look. Great old one, version mm-hmm. 2.0. Well, I think the great old ones are out in space, aren't they? Whereas the lurker in the deep are maybe underwater. Well, there's at least one underwater. Well, there is one. Particularly <laughs> notable <laughs> one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is yeah. this one. Yeah. There's, heard one, of it. there's always one, isn't there? Uh, yeah, and there's also a new cantrip, the Mind Sliver, in this uh, Unearthed Arcana from Wizards of the Coast. Maybe the Lurker in the Deep doesn't actually do much, they're just like looking everything. Yes, and... Yeah, just looking at everything. And occasionally, like, they make break their cover and like, drop comment and then disappear, never to be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we don't digress. <laughs> you very much digress. Yeah, um, should, we, should, we, should we digress into hell? Yeah, go on then. Sure. Let's digress the hell out of this digression. We, yes. You could say we might even descend into it. Descend mm. into hell, or one particular layer of hell. I'm listening. Avernus, which is coming out yes. very, very soon. I think, is it next week? It's next week, I think. Is it? The 17th. Right. So the next week or okay. the week after. What's it, what's it now? Today's the 9th. Uh, That's next week, then, yeah. It is next, next Tuesday. Week, yeah. So, uh, oh, is it next Tuesday? Yeah. Perfect timing for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the day after the podcast comes out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Timely. Uh, on Twitter, Newbie DM yep. has gotten hold of an early copy of it. Yes. And he's been posting loads and loads and loads of images of the interior. I mean, we're talking dozens here. Loads of He loads. has posted a lot. I, uh, I, I saw those. I'm like, I wonder if he got in trouble. Because that is a <laughs> lot. And those, those are the folks that I've known that work with wizards. Mm. I mean, even people that I, oh. I know pretty well, I don't find out until like I look at the book. Because yeah, okay. Wizards is pretty tight-lipped about their stuff. So I'm curious if he... I don't know. I saw it. It's great. But that was the first thing I went, I'm like, man, is he getting in trouble with Jerry? Is, you know, is Mike Merle sending him he's, an email he, he, saying, you know what, you need he's to He's done this before, though. Oh, so then they know. So okay. I'm guessing... So then probably not. not. Yeah. So he's a known leak. Yes. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure they send him the books. I don't, think oh, he's, sure. uh, I don't think he's like breaking into some warehouse somewhere and stealing them. Or maybe he oh, is. That would be a yeah. good game. Or uh, doing something just uh, like you, Morris, and... Reporting stuff from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they hate it when I do that. <laughs> um, so, of, of those many, many, many pictures, and I strongly suggest people just follow the link and go and have a look at them themselves, I, I, I selected a yeah. few that I quite like the look of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the first one was just a, a little um, section on life in the nine hells. 
Yes. Or it helpfully tells you that Nine Hells is a place of abject misery where nobody is happy. Oh, it's like Birmingham then. <laughs> Hush. <laughs> no, I do apologise to all our listeners from Birmingham. I know what came over me. All, all of our ex-listeners from Birmingham. Yeah, okay, well, fine. see, it's That's funny because you guys are saying Birmingham. I know you're being in, in England, but I actually oh. was born in Birmingham, Alabama, in uh, the US, which uh, could work there too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great place. It's a great place. I'm yeah, sure it lots is. Lots of happy people. It's not, not like Nine Hells. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it is Sorry, Averna. There's Averna. also this gorgeous two-page spread, full-page, two-page spread painting of Baldur's Gate. Hmm. Nice. Which is uh, one of the most beautiful pieces of art I've seen, I think I've ever seen in a D&D book. It's lovely. It's really, lovely. really worth checking out. And it's massive as well, with like both pages. Hmm. Nice. Um, it shows how there's a flow chart for the adventure. Okay. Just so you can follow it along and the different bits showing the different sections, what levels they're for, and brief summaries. Yep. Uh, there's a picture of, uh, what's his name? Joe Manganello's character. Which one? The uh, Dragonborn? The Dragonborn one, yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a series of stained glass windows. Apparently, that's by Claudio Posas, um, showing okay. the fall of Zariel into Avernus in a series of one, two, three, four, five, six different stained glass window paintings. Mm. That sounds very uh, nice. Yeah. Mm. Some stats yeah. for Tiamat. I don't know if they differ to the ones that they've already Ooh. published. What's she now? CR 30? She's 30, yeah. What was she before? Don't know. No, no idea. Um, I just like saying, got something ridiculous for a CR to be 30. Yep, okay. Um, isn't Tiamat supposed to be in charge of some part of hell? I believe so. Does I think she, she level? I think she used to be in charge of level one, but, right. but isn't anymore. I think she's now imprisoned right. there or something. Because it's quite that's interesting because hell boss. is lawful evil, isn't it? Uh, I believe that's the idea. Yeah. Yes. On this Devils. here, this page here, Tiamat, straight yes. from um, Avernus, uh, gargantuan fiend, chaotic evil. Oh, so she's a demon-ish. Hmm. Yes. Well, I, 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 think, I think it's more that Tiamat is a law unto herself, and if you want to try and persuade her otherwise, then she'll eat you. How about that? <laughs> I still, every time I think Tiamat, I think of the cartoons oh, from the yeah. 80s. That's, oh, that, that's the only uh, thing I can ever think of whenever I think of Tiamat. Yeah. Uh, what, what else do we have in the news? We have got some information, a review, basically, about Dungeons, Mayhem, and Dice Accessories, which is um, uh, a sort of collection of bits and pieces for Baldur's Gate to send into Avernus. So it's some themed dice, poster maps. Um, uh, what else have we got? A dice tray, um, a sort of velvet-lined dice tray, uh, some handouts, uh, uh, a card with 20 trinkets that can be found in Avernus, and a card with 20 Avernus-specific encounters, and 17 cards highlighting a variety of demons and devils, from imps to abyssal chickens to balors. Oh, yes, yes. The Abyssal Chicken, a.k.a. the Carnivorous Boot. Yes. I remember it well. Uh, what? <laughs> what it looks like? I can't, I can't disagree. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else is there? There's a card game. Um, so if you've heard of the D&D Dungeon Mayhem card game, which I have not, but it is a card game that exists apparently, there's an extent... Uh, yeah, an, yeah, it's an expansion called uh, Battle for Baldur's Gate. 
Okay. Uh, which uh, adds two 28-card decks, which add the characters Jahira, the shapeshifting druid, and Minsk the ranger. Oh, really? Yeah. Minsk. Uh, that's the dude with uh, the miniaturized giant oh, space you, hamster, right? You, you know Boo, obviously. Boo. Like, uh, yeah. Go for Dyer's Boo. Yeah. Everybody we, know who's it, we know who the important one in your life is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, one. There's only one last bit of news, which is a slightly self-serving one. The Masterclass Codex. Now that all the Kickstarter rewards have been fulfilled, uh, nice. you can now go and buy it. So you can play with any of the fourteen, sixteen brand new class. Sixteen. Oh, sorry. It's fourteen <laughs> in the player's handbook. It's sixteen um, in the Masterclass Codex S- of all those different and exciting classes. Yes. I believe you yes. have a copy of that book, do you not, Peter? I do have a copy of this book, yeah. Which you have uh, traditionally licked to assert your ownership. And to assert dominance. <laughs> yes. Those <laughs> those in charge. Have you started yeah, using it yet? Have you, had, have you had a chance to? Um, we've had a... Let's see, we've had an alchemist mm-hmm. and a bloodweaver so far. Awesome. Uh, they popped into my game, so yeah. Jolly good. Jolly good. seeing a couple more. Well, yeah, that cool. is available on Amazon oh, and, and on the drive through Yes, I like the novel. So I actually had touch a class. The sec it, are there three or two? I might get myself confused. There's a there's touch two. class. There's a touch more class, and then a master class codex is a compilation. Okay, so I two. have touch more class. Yeah, and I mm. I like the novel. We actually I threw a the mm. Frankenstein one, mm-hmm. which I'm totally spacing the actual name of that one, but the Frankenstein esque one. I had one of my players play one of those, oh. and it was really neat actually. Okay. Yeah, she really liked it. Hmm. Nice. Uh, I think we finished oh, yeah. the news. Have we finished the news? The news is done. There is no more news. Oh, it's an X news show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I started quoting Monty Python, so I think we should uh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. So shall we play our favourite game in all the world? Yes, we should. That's because it's our favourite game in all the world. It right. is uh, our favourite game. I've got a blue and black deck, uh, and it's focused on control and... <laughs> Wait, no, sorry, our other favourite game in all the world. I can't afford that game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> our favourite game in the world, as our listeners actually know, is the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter, and you try to guess what it is from just the name. Yes. And Peter, you're very, very good at losing this game. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to go first, Peter? Yeah, sure. Why not? All right, then. Let's go. Number one is, can you yes. guess what is Eldritch Century? Um, I think Eldritch Century is... Mm, from the name, I think it's some sort of uh, Call of Cthulhu-inspired gaming. Um... It's probably set, it's probably produced by um, a Mexican company, um, and it's all about like you know sort of early twentieth century gaming, uh, heavy focus on models, possibly diverting into a war gaming setting, and I think one of the creators maybe a chap called uh, Angus Abramson. So you know what this one is then, do you? <laughs> so that, that was oddly <laughs> specific. <laughs> Not, not, not that it's being made by like a mutual friend of ours, Russ, so maybe you should pay attention. <laughs> I, I didn't know he was involved at this job. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, well, today you've learned... No, it's fair enough. It's a known, known issue in geek space where like people are working on awesome stuff and then 
don't let the people that they know know. Uh, well, yeah, I, do, I do know Eldritch Century. Okay. Well, it's what you just said it was. It's by a Mexican company called Draco Studios. It's a 290-page core RPG core book compatible uh-huh. with D&D 5th edition. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's set in a setting called The Wounded Earth, which is 1984, um, 66 years after the miasma appeared in the Argon Forest, wiping out one-third of the American expeditionary force and driving the Great War to an abrupt ceasefire. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. So I, you can't, I can't give you any points for that because that's just not fair. No. <laughs> well, he did say 1920s, and it is 1980s, so he's totally wrong. Ah, uh, yeah, completely wrong. <laughs> no, oh, 1918 and 66 years. Like the thing, the thing being started in the 1920s is obviously very little to do. But yeah, <laughs> I did say it was by anger, so yeah, I'll let you know. Um, right, what have we got? Um, ooh, this is interesting. What is TBD? Uh, so this is a Kickstarter that you back um, where you don't actually know what you're getting and you don't find out until it's it's uh, until it has actually been fulfilled because it is to be determined. Um, so it's really more like a giant mystery box. That is that's exactly what, what it de- is. That's actually what I've decided. That is exactly oh, really? what it is. <laughs> oh, nice. I think we did one like similar cow. to this last week. That's what there I was reading about. It was very similar. Yeah. This but is it wasn't almost TBD. Yeah. This so is you almost just ex- give them money and they decide what you get based on how much yeah. money you give them. Uh, yeah. I think I that's mean, actually kind of brilliant. So. It's novel. So novel, it's, it's, a, it's a great Kickstarter campaign. Very, very yeah. similar to the one. It's almost identical to the one we did last week, actually, because yeah, yeah. Uh, the theme mechanics and twists are determined yes. by backer votes during the funding period. It is exactly what the one last week did, isn't it? Was that? That wasn't called TBD. No, it's a different it? one. It's a different one, but that it's ex- exactly one, yeah. the same idea. Hmm. Yeah. Two people now, about I guess it. there's plenty of room for people to say, well, the backers will tell us what we want, and then we'll make it. <laughs> like, well, yeah, exactly. Like, we'll just throw yeah. out four <laughs> graphics, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, That's why not? Go. Right. Yeah, uh, this, is by, uh, this is by Water Bear Games. Okay. Uh, they have previously published games, uh, including Discount Salmon. <laughs> I don't know about Discount Salmon. I like my salmon to be... I don't know. That's something you spend a little extra on occasionally because you really don't want to get sick. But uh, Bees, all caps, with an exclamation... With five E's and an exclamation mark at the end. <laughs> this sounds like a Nicolas Cage meme reference, yes. And The Letter Go. Okay, so... We will be sure to give them money. Yes. Yes. Um, when does this Kickstarter end? Uh, how, five how days to go. It ends yes. on Sunday, which is a terrible day to end this Kickstarter because no one's around. But it ends on Sunday. Yeah. It's done about half of its um, half of its funding goal, so it's going to be a close one if it does it. Okay. Well, um, I'm sure we wish them all. Wait, the best it ends on this Sunday. Yeah. So it ends yes. in six Coming days. Yes. Good luck to them. Last yes. week is tough. Good luck to them. Yeah. And I, I think, Matt, you've scored 100% there because that is exactly what you said. Yay. Awesome. Mm. Yeah. Okay, then. Uh, I was looking at the list of Kickstarters this week. There are quite a lot of really, really great ones, but they're all ones that I know that you will know of or that you will be able to get straight away. There's like, uh, This is why I kind of went to some of the more obscure, smaller ones down the bottom of the list. Oh, uh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, there was like Numenera, Liminal Shores, which I know perfectly well both of you are going to know what that is. Fair. Um, there's Lost City Cannon of Gax, more 5e. 
Yep, Luke and uh, actually yeah. Joe's in that one. Uh, doing that one. There's Trodvan Chronicles. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah. uh, the Usagi Yojimbo tabletop role-playing game. Isn't that about a cartoon rabbit or something? Yeah. Yeah, Samurai Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are neat, actually. Those are pretty cool. Uh, That's kind of a neat one. I saw that. Uh, there's the Kings yeah. of War role-playing game by Red Scar, but we actually had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, so if Peter hadn't oh, yeah, gotten yeah. that, that would have been embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sure Mark has his uh, listening would have been like a shock. <laughs> shock if I was able to get that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I had to go for some of the more obscure break Kickstarter ones towards the bottom, rather than uh, rather than those really big epic ones. Right, I think we're done. We are done with the Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, we're done with our favourite game of all the world. Ah, uh, but pleasure playing with you. Well, well played, Matt. Well played. Why, thank you, right. sir. Thank you, thank you. Aha! Back in the town. Right. I'm going to shop for some magic items. Don't mind me. Nah, it won't be long. Talk amongst yourselves. Right, where's Robert? <sighs> Here we go again. What? You do this every time. Like, there's some kind of magic item Walmart in every town. I'm just going by the rules. Right, let me see. Um, I need a new Excalibur, as my last one's a bit dirty. <gasps> I can hear your nerves will come in handy. I still have the one ring. Hard to get rid of that one. But I could buy a spare. You know, you really take the magic out of magic items. I honestly don't know what you mean. I have all this money. Gotta spend it on something. Yes, but magic items should be wondrous and special. Picking them off a menu makes them no more exotic than a than a bag of carrots. Mm-hmm. Ooh, a hand effector. That would be handy. Ha, get handy. Ha, see what I did there? Yeah, you make that same joke every time. Mm, what else do I need? couple of dragon lances, a dragon orb, and a holy grail. You already have a holy grail. Oh, you can never have too many holy grails. Right, what else? Um, let's see. Uh, oh, Aladdin's lamb. Yeah, magic carpet. Oh, a witch's broom. Got to keep that carpet clean. Noah's Ark and the Flying Dutchman. Oh, this is getting ridiculous. Look, exactly how are you going to carry all this stuff? Well, that is a good point. Right, I need some hirelings. Caddies, if you will. I can hire a few dozen for about 30 years to spare change in my pocket. Now, what else do I need? I'm putting my foot down. There is no magic shop in this town. You can't simply choose things from the rule book and add them to your character sheet. It lacks... Potency? No. Expedience? No, no. It certainly has plenty of that. Imagination? Well, yes, but no. Verisimilitude? Ah, yes, that's it. It lacks verisimilitude. Oh, yes, good point. Reminds me. Four potions of verisimilitude as well. What? No, stop it. Honestly, I don't know what the problem is. I mean, they put all this stuff in the book for a reason, right? It's there for the DM to hand out sparingly and with a splash of wonder, awe and, yes, verisimilitude. Look, without magic items, what can I spend all this money on? I mean, look, I have 240,000 gold pieces. If I can't buy a few mythological artefacts, this money might as well be worthless. Well, you could buy an inn or, or a castle or something. Oh, great. So instead of flying into battle atop a flying carpet as I swing Mjolnir about my head in a thunder and flash of lightning, I get to play Dungeons & Accountants as I manage my land holdings. Ah, I'm glad you mentioned Accountants, because I don't think you've paid any tax on all that treasure. Right, here's form 271B. If you just fill that out while I put out the tax code. (laughs) 
Right, let's talk about Harbour's Tale then. Yes, yes. Um, so, Matt, would you like to just give us the background uh, behind behind how, how this adventure came about? Yeah, so, you know, as, as you guys know, and then anybody who's been anywhere near my Twitter mm. for the last, I don't know, weeks, months, actually, really. Uh, Harper is my youngest daughter. She was diagnosed with leukemia on the 2nd of February. We um, went into the ER because she just wasn't feeling good, ended up in the hospital that afternoon, mm. and were there for three weeks. And during that process, um, or during that time frame, I was actually finishing up a couple things that I, I, you know, I write quite a bit for a couple companies. Um, I was finishing up a project for Cobalt Press, which will go out next year. I finished up, was finishing up an adventure path for Sandy Peterson, which actually is going live today on Kickstarter, which I didn't know about until about a week ago. Um, And I was also finishing up my own book that I, the first book I ever wrote, which was, or self-published anyway, which is a sanitarium book, Lamps Light. Um, And so I was doing all this writing in there and Harp, likes games and her and I both were trying to figure out ways to get our minds off things. Me, I mean, honestly, me, spe- me especially. Mm. And we talked about it and we're like, well, why don't we do a game? And let's just write a game together or just do an outline or whatever. Um, and our first idea was actually the hospital and the hospital grounds actually have a map. Of course, visitors come in. It's an enormous campus. It's actually yeah. three hospitals attached mm. Um, all of which were in a fairly large city in St. Louis. I mean, there's a half a million people wow. here. The three hospitals are some of the big, biggest and best in the in the Midwest. So we're talking 2,000 beds. It's not a small area. Um, and so anyway, I had the map. And I'm like, well, let's use this map. And let's turn this map into a game. Um, the more we were talking about it and looking at it, you know, Joe Manganiello had a thing up around then, too, where Joe had gone into University of Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh Children's Hospital and played a game. For a bunch of kids um and we just talked about it more and oh. i started reaching out to some friends of mine and they were all on board I'm like, you know what let's just let's just go for broke and so mm-hmm. we decided to create an adventure path and oh. so we actually will have 10 linked adventures all set in a forest um because that's what harp wanted and the indiegogo went live six days ago on mm-hmm. a tuesday because that's the day you're supposed to do indiegogos mm-hmm. um, and kickstarters and you know it's gone well we're i think we're probably we'll probably hit seven thousand dollars today maybe a little better out of 12 and a couple of things with it so it's really neat you know obviously but for what's me the, because, what's the name of your kickstarter Sorry uh, for see you know I'm, i am so not good at self-promoting um that's no, okay that's why we're here to ask you questions yeah so the kickstarter <laughs> yeah. is called harper's tale and oh, yeah. that's because harper is my daughter not because of harper's from the adventure league which i've gotten that question a few times oh, actually right, okay. and well, that didn't even occur <laughs> was my assumption erroneously i admit but there we go yeah, yeah i know it's a it's in a forest and it's called harper's tale and it has nothing to do with harper's um exactly that's how we roll. Um, we want to make exactly. sure there's a lot of clarity and obfuscation at the same time. So we, we, we have this adventure going. And again, um, 10 Adventures, it's written by some amazing people. Um, you know, I think that's one of the things I want to get across to folks is that while it is certainly written for younger audiences, um, anybody basically that can read can play it as far as the themes and the art. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I mean... If just kind of going off the top of my head, I have two people with three people with credits from Wizard of the Coast, um, people with credits from Paizo, people nice. with cre- like four of five of us with Cobalt Press, mm, yeah. um, my own stuff. I've worked with Sandy Peterson at Peterson Games. I've worked for Chaosium. Um, 
and you know, Wright Publishing, Storm Bunny. I mean, so these I didn't. It's not just some guy's dad or some kid's dad mm, put it yeah. together. And I think Get game the folks that the folks that know me know that that's not the case. But I think again, others don't. And so this is definitely something that industry professionals, people that are have won any awards and that get paid by like Hasbro to do stuff. We are the ones involved. Yeah. It is, again, not just kind of regular folks. Um, and I think probably the most important thing about this campaign is even other than just, you know, Harp helped us put the, together the outline and did some stuff with it, too, is when we fund all of the um, proceeds from the project itself are going to be donated to Friends of Kids with Cancer, mm-hmm. which is one of the organizations that have helped us so, so much. Um, they focus on the kids doing things, you know, kind of their motto is helping kids be kids. Um, they give us. They gave us gift cards. They have given us toys, uh, events. They give us tickets. Um, so they just do all sorts of stuff strictly for the children, yeah. so that they are get back to doing all the things that they did ahead of time. Um, when we fund at twelve thousand um, dollars, we'll be writing them a check for three thousand, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then we will also, of course, I'll be giving them the i like a bunch of PDFs. But our first stretch goal is when we actually start giving books and. Mm-hmm. That's part of the tearing too. So actually when we find out, I'll still be giving them probably about 50 books. Yeah. So we're going to provide them these really, really nice books. And I mean, you guys have seen, everybody on here has probably seen drive through RPGs books. We're doing color oh, yeah. premium if we can unlock it, which I think we will mm-hmm. pretty easily, or I hope we will. Um, so these, these kids, if they're interested, of course, one of the things they're going to get upon diagnosis is a Dungeons and Dragons book written by a little girl mm-hmm. that, you know, she helped put this together when she was diagnosed, you know, yeah. on her first, second week of the of treatments. And, you know, we have a lot of really, it, it, it's neat. You know, obviously it's heartwarming, but again, the story is actually very good too. Mm. Um, and something written by professionals. So I don't know. I feel like I've kind of gone over there. So you, you let so, me know. So it's like 10, 10 sort of like short adventures, but they're all tied in over like a sort of a overarching Correct. meta. Plot, yeah, exactly. Like so, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So we're in a forest. Um, yeah. Each adventure is going to be probably about 5,000 words-ish. I'm sure some will go over than that. Um, for folks that don't know what that, how that really equates um, with the folks that I have writing with the way that kind of Jess mm-hmm. and I edit, that should be um, – each adventure is probably going to take four to six hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically yeah. one evening. And that, again, that's kind of was some of the direction I gave the writers is that mm. I want our games to be able to be played in one night yep. mm-hmm. or one session. You know, obviously if you go longer, yeah. that's fine. But I thought that was really important because again, kids, yeah. we kind of have to keep that, that attention span um, yes. down. Yeah. And yeah. also the adventures need to be written in a way that you can get through them without combat necessarily. So there's a lot of puzzles, investigation, mm. that kind of stuff. Um, okay, so, so, it's, it's, so it's quite quite unusual in that because normally yeah. you expect there to be a fairly heavy combat element. It is not. Yeah. And there's two pathways. So there's parallel pathways yeah. with the plot. So okay. there is yeah. absolutely an easy, let's go get this. Let's go beat these monsters, take mm-hmm. their stuff go to the next yeah. one. And then there's another one pathway where you're getting the same stuff and accomplishing the mm. same goals. However, you're doing it through problem solving, investigation, and role-playing. Mm. So yeah. you have two very different paths. The favor trading, which is like traditional mm-hmm. fairy tale yes. style storytelling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. We, okay. we, we probably, I need to see, I haven't seen it yet, but one of the suggestions we put out is actually the forest itself has got a Cold War going between Zoogs, which are those little rat things with the tentacle mouths, and the cats oh, yeah. of Ulthar. And Ooh. so <laughs> they yeah. have to go in the, po- the Cold War and try to work with both sides to get 
to gather the ingredients. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's really neat. And we, you know, I'm a pharmacist by background. I actually work in oncology uh, as well. Um, so yeah. does Harper's mom. And there are things in the adventure itself too that are very analogous to and just very that some are subtle, some are not so subtle. Kind of. Yeah references to that like in the adventure that i wrote which is actually on the it's the third updated the indiegogo it's public if you want to grab it grab it it's free take it yeah enjoy i've already it. read that um, oh yeah. great yeah so so hopefully this is hopefully this sounds familiar mm. or at least the, the, the plot line <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. so periwinkle is actually in it and periwinkle mm-hmm. is actually which we all know what periwinkle periwinkle is actually used in chemotherapy it's used to make venblastine and venchristine which are two very very common medications right. for kids with leukemia Mm-hmm. Um, and so we actually have that kind of references throughout, yeah. um, where again, some of that, unless you're Googling it or a pharmacist or a physician or something may mm-hmm. not understand that, but right. there but, are but references like, Easter like eggs that there, that if you do, if you, if you are, I always put Easter eggs sort of terminology, yeah. you're going to spot them in there. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So again, we're very, very happy with it. Yeah. Very proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, great support you know i think our biggest challenge like i've told you guys before i think was that you know we're on indiegogo so i have two kind of things that are kind of working against me a little bit or at least making it more challenging is one is as a publisher as an indie publisher i'm a very small publisher i am a team of me um (laughs) me that's also working for other publishers in my day job and taking care of my kids and all that stuff so i don't i have a social media presence but it's certainly not that that big um The other one is that it's Indiegogo, which they yeah. have been great. I was, um, was going to ask about that, actually. Why that rather than Kickstarter? <sighs> yeah, so I love Kickstarter, actually. Um, however, Kickstarter does not allow you to raise funds to be directly dispersed to a non-for-profit. <gasps> and I get why. I mean, yeah. from a business perspective, I do, I do a lot of business work um, yeah. for my company, actually. And I actually totally understand their yeah. reasoning and don't, don't disagree with it at yeah. all. It's just unfortunate <laughs> for me. It just doesn't work with what you need to do with this exactly. project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I, I, I did reach out to them and say, well, you can fund, and then anything after you fund and sell it after you've done it, then you can do it. I'm like, no, that's... That's not how it works in the game industry. Mm. The most of my money is going to be from the kick, from the crowdfunding program. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Indiegogo is super easy to work with that way. Um, very, very easy, actually. Ooh. So that's why we did it. But again, we don't quite have that presence, um, or they don't quite have the presence as Kickstarter. I mean, folks, like you said, I mean, if you go to kick, I used to go to Kickstarter every day mm. and look yeah, at yeah. new games just to see what was out there. Um, I'm not sure that too many folks do that with Indiegogo. Yeah, yeah. No, no, fair enough. Um, so you've got the uh, the ten sessions of play planned out, um, and it's like aimed presumably at what level one, two. Yep, one exactly. Five? So yeah, so and that's another thing. So I do it when I you know my adventure pass that I write because I've I've finished one with Sandy for Peterson Games. I have two more that are in the process right now. One I'm consulting on and one I'm actually writing. Um, I do milestone leveling. Mm-hmm. It's yes, just. Yeah easier i just i've done it for as a dm oh, and i always do it as a writer because again i don't want to sit and like go back and like oh crap i only did 2000 xp i need i need 2500 yeah it's too complicated yeah, exactly yeah. some kobolds and hobgoblins are even writing wolf spiders um so <laughs> so i do milestones and again so at the end of each adventure it says you have reached enough xp to go to second level or third or fourth mm-hmm. and so at the end you are 10th level yeah Mm. Um, and then you have your your grand finale against our our, our protagonist Ethor, who we have a few pictures of. Who's kind of this weird amalgamation of like a 
goat. It's a man bat. He's man goat man or a man pig man pig goat thing. He's pretty cool looking actually. Man pig we have some great thing. art too. <laughs> yeah 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 and that's again that's the other thing is like you know we we have professional i mean again like ashley warren did all the uncaged books lately yeah uh, me ben brian um have done a lot of stuff don jeff everybody i mean mt black is on there i mean everybody that we have is amazing yeah i mean this and the is art a is amazing professional too. book it's been done by it is yeah game industry professionals working for like the big three like peso which is the mm-hmm. coast um cobalt press very high quality stuff um Yourself, working right. for and also you've got in the artists as well so right. like, there's nothing yeah we yeah uh, i mean we some have people might think this was a sort of a, a bit bit like uh a bit more homemade and so forth but actually right. it's really really high quality it's what you're going for yeah absolutely so mm-hmm. we have anna landon and gwenny gwendy b um are the two that are doing most of my art um they have been in uncaged lately it's the big one that they get um the art's all over the place i share it whenever i can um Again, that is it. I want people to look at it and say that, you know, maybe this 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 book compares very favorably to um, Mad Mage. Mm. Or it, it, and again, it, I think it will. Um, you know, yeah. you can do a lot with a smaller budget um, oh. if you're careful and, and kind of get the right folks involved. Yeah. And that's the other thing. I mean, all of us are working, mm. you know, and I'm not going to give specific specifics because I'm not. But uh, all of us are working at a reduced rate, again, to make sure that it's an amazing book that it is the maximize that, uh, that donation to friends of kids. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what, I mean, the covers out a lot of the arts, a fair amount of the arts already out. So you can see what you're actually getting. I, we're going to end actually 10, we've already got 10 people purchased the tier that is actually, they get to develop art. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we'll get more art in it for that. I think we're probably going to end up with at least, at least 30 pieces of original art. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And then actually Cobalt Press and Peterson Games actually donated art as well. And if any other manufacturer or publishers hear this and want to donate art, please contact me via Twitter. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. <laughs> I, I love it. didn't even occur yeah. to me that you could, yeah. yeah. So if you have art, and I know you do. I, I do. I'm I do. straight at I have, you, Russ. I have lots I'm looking of, straight lots at you. Yeah, which and, I'm pleased to say, none of which thinking. I made myself because you would not want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, um, uh, Russ has access. Russ has paid for lots of art. Which, exactly. Which may, which may yeah. work to you. So yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, the art that I did for my sanitarium horror book doesn't quite fit in with a kid's adventure in the forest. Yeah. Um, no, but I do have some. Yeah. That that's actually kind of funny. That was like one of the more interesting things that we did. Is you know myself, Ben, Brian, Don, especially, and a couple other folks. We actually work. Our games that we write tend to be dark mm. and horror and like Cthulhu and all that stuff. And even one or two of my newer writers. Um, that's the kind of work we actually do. And so we're throwing out these ideas and I kept being like, you know what? That's awesome. However, yeah. <laughs> our readers are uh, going to be about nine. <laughs> so let's tone that specific part back, but let's keep the plot. So the plot is actually very, I think the plot is very, um, oh. it's very mature actually. I mean, again, yeah. you can see it in that adventure. If you want to download the first one, you'll get a very good idea of what it's going to yeah, look like. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. I've had to do that. Um, I wanted to ask you about sort of Harper's, involvement in developing the adventure path just how, how, how can you talk a bit on how that works and how much involvement she actually she actually had there sure so it was first i mean so the idea that was hers like we started off with um 
the map of the hospital. Yeah. And then we actually got home, and I pulled up Dyson Logos maps. So Dyson, who everybody knows who Dyson is, um, actually has commercial use maps. Mm-hmm. You pay like 10 bucks and you get 200. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. I don't know why. Ooh. They should be everywhere. So we were looking through maps, and she's seeing them. And she actually saw the Arch Druid hideout, I think is the name of it, on Dyson saying and said, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want, it's in the forest, there's a druid, his daughter's sick, and then they have to do, th- I mean, she, that very, very basic, that first paragraph on the for- on the uh, Kickstarter is virtually verbatim hers. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what mm-hmm. she came up with was, again, people, um, the forest is sick. And the adventurers have to figure out why and how. Some of these specifics later on, like the background of some of the protagonists, you know, the authors, like we kind of flesh that out a little bit. Uh, but she did that. She helped pick several of the maps. Generally, you know, actually she, so the two characters and the two main NPCs in mine are Rose and Grace, who are my daughters. Mm. Like my, actually are my daughters. You know, Rose is Harp and Grace is her sister, Lily. Um mm-hmm who have actually been in games before. They are both in My Adventure, Vengeful Heart, which is on Cobalt Press's Tales of the Margrave. Um, there's a picture of them in that one. And then Harper, because ended up... Um, so I was doing Ghoul, Ghoul Island, and we had actually a sequence towards the end of the book at the Dream, uh, in the Dreamlands, mm. which mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't have said that because you're not supposed to know that as a player. But <laughs> anyway, and if you're familiar with Cthulhu, Harper in the book... And it's a very short kind of cameo is a very powerful dreamer like like Randolph Carter. Mm. And she actually shows up. And I remember writing it, seeing her and like looking at her in the uh, in her bed. Um, uh, anyway, um, but yeah, so she helped a lot with that. She has done a lot of um, kind of concept art. So, so I just tell her like, all right, let's draw draw me a tree or draw me this or draw me that. And I'll start sharing those actually on the update soon, um, which I then sent to all the writers. Mm. Um, so She's for a, for an eight year old. She and by the way, she turns nine tomorrow. Mm. Oh, well, and I think this comes out. Is this in three days or I think this will come comes out, out on Wednesday? Wednesday. So it will be happy birthday yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So she's done a lot. I mean, for an eight year old, um, she's actually done a whole lot of work on it. And I've, I've, I ask her Ooh. every time I show her stuff. I'm like, well, what do you think? Is this does this work mm. for you? Uh-oh. And and she really likes it. So great. That's good. Yeah. she? Uh, you say she's a gamer. She a keen D and D player. She enjoys D and D. She's played it a couple times. She always plays a stabby rogue. Yeah. That is all she wants to do. And <laughs> somehow she heard this from me, and it stuck. Was because I'm I've been playing since zero edition, uh-huh. and um, so she's like I backstab because that's rogues didn't used to have a sneak attack. They had a yeah, backstab that, attack. Yeah. yeah. And so she's like I run around and I backstab, and that's all she does <laughs> is she just stabs and stabs stuff. Good, good grasp of the fundamentals. Yes, yeah. she has the <laughs> fundamentals down. She plays a halfling, mm. um, a halfling mm. rogue, almost always because she needs that lucky feat. Absolutely, so she's got to reroll. Got to reroll. Hey. Um, you get that one, and it's like all over. But then you're like, oh no, I'm a halfling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. she's done that. We have played a little bit of. Um, we've kind of gone through Monster of the Week, which she thinks is really Ooh. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. She uh, actually. Theme. Powered by the Apocalypse, a bit like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yep. a little bit of exactly. X-Files, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fred's games are great. Evil Hat's Ooh. games are so good. Um, the other one that we did, and this was surprise. This one's going to surprise Ooh. some folks. Is once she was after she had been diagnosed, and we were home. My cousin was with us, and um, Haley and Harper went through um, Alone Against the Flames, which is a Call of Cthulhu one player. I okay. read it. And said, "Well, what do you want to do?" And then had them roll, and they actually survived. 
So Ooh, my 14-year-old cousin and my 8-year-old daughter played a Call of Cthulhu game and actually did survive. <laughs> I have never, um, ever managed to do that. Oh, those are good, too. All those alone in the whatever games are so good. I've seen you play. It's not that. Well, that's probably <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen me play Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> I have never seen you play Call of Cthulhu, that's true. Yeah, but no, so, um, it sounds like they've got some canny gamer chops on them. That she does. Nice. She she yeah. loves to do all that stuff, and she's yeah. drawing and writing all the time. Do you think maybe she might end up, uh, when she's a bit older, maybe writing some of her own sort of D&D adventures and things? <sighs> you know, I think she might, or art, or who knows what. So we it, at my house, we're super practical. So, like, yes. I have my day job. I'm a pharmacist. I have been for 20 years. Mm -hmm. But I've been writing on the side for seven. I think I started writing um, for a sports oh. magazine, I don't know, seven years ago. Did that for a few yeah. years and then kind of came back to this. And she understands that dad's day job pays the bills, yeah. um, oh. gets us our nice house, our insurance, and all that stuff. Um, but that she should definitely pursue hobbies like mm. this. And at one time, she wanted to be a mini painter in her free time. Um, she has done some mentings. I'm not sure if we could sell them on eBay, but we maybe. But yeah, I have a feeling that she, she's she gone back and forth on what she wants. She wanted to be an astrophysicist for a very long time, which was, and she, I mean, for like two years. I mean, from six to eight, she wanted to be basically, she wanted to be an astrophysicist. Wow. Uh, I know. It's like she was talking to her anesthesiologist. Your six-year-old does not want to be an astrophysicist. <laughs> oh, no, I know. We were at the hospital, and so she has to get treatments and stuff, and she has to go under um, occasionally. And actually she was, her anesthesiologist was asking her questions and she's like, well, I want to be an anesthesiologist or I want to be, they asked like, well, do you want to be a doctor? She's like, no, I do not want to be a doctor. I do not want to be a nurse. I do not want to be a pharmacist. I want to be an astrophysicist. Fair enough. Because her mom's also a pharmacist and my girlfriend is a physician. And so we have very, we have a ton of medical people and Harper's like, hell no. I spent enough time in hospitals. I'm going to do something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would love oh, to be well. an astrophysicist, but it's. Far too much like hard work, I think. I know. Both she likes math, so hopefully it'll be all right. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. Uh, fine. So, fine yeah. Um, so when when you fund, you have already funded, haven't you? But when when, when the kickstart... Uh, nope. Actually, we uh, haven't funded. Uh, not yet. 57%, I believe. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. We're at almost 7,000. Um, we're doing 12,000 is our funding goal. Mm -hmm. which when we hit, I think 15 is when I start to give mm -hmm. books and stuff to everybody. And so one thing too is once, once it's funded and actually, especially, and then once I've given books, like 92% of every dollar from the Indigo, Indiegogo mm -hmm. plane will go straight to friends of kids. You know, I'm doing everything. Oh. Yeah. We're so again, it's actually go and, and they actually are 100% funded by, uh, by private yeah, donations yeah. too. So the money actually yeah. does go to them. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but go ahead. Uh, so when, when you do fund, which you most definitely will, when, when you do fund, uh, yeah. when 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 could people would expect to sort of start see these uh, see these books coming out on drive through? Yeah. So the first one's done. I mean, I wrote the first Ooh. one with Hart back at the summer, yeah. um, and it's posted on our updates for people to see. Um, might get a few changes. It'll definitely get better layout when Craig gets mm. it. The book itself. Let me see. The second one came in today. Uh -huh. the third, fourth, and fifth one are in process. Yeah, so we've been working parallel. So I've been actually, so I started contacting writers and actually had the list locked down in April. Right, yeah. Nice. And we had the outline locked down at the end of April or May. 
So yeah. we've all had it in our background. I, again, everybody I have that I've picked is incredibly busy and they're all doing it kind of off the side of their yeah. desk to make yeah. it yeah. easier for us. So I gave them a lot of time. Um, I am hoping to send the final product out. Um, did I put April or May? So at the beginning of next year, in the first half yeah, of next yeah. year. Because, let's just be honest, I want to get in the innies again. So <laughs> yeah. I got I got nominated last time for cartography. I want us to get in there for the book this time yeah. um, for the innies as well and Origins and whatever else. Um, and, and sorry to keep on banging out on about the art, but it's it's really nice. It's um, They are so good. Uh, I know. I love it. Gwenny and Anna did amazing. And yeah, Claire's doing good too. It's got sort of um, almost a cartoon style to it, but mm-hmm. not. Yes. But more Avatar The Last Airbender. That is yes. probably the closest style I'd say it reminds me of. Um, not yes. not quite that way, but yeah, it's got mm, it's like really really visually well laid out. It's uh, not uh, clowny yeah. at all. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, Anna and Gwenny are incredible. I. Uh, yeah, I could not be happier with what they've done, and they've been so good about working with us, um, or yeah, working with absolutely. me too. Um, yeah, that again, like I said, I mean, it's, I I would love to get a piece of art on every probably third page, and I think I'm probably oh. going to be close to that. And if you look, and that's like art density is what we call it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Russ, you've done books, mini books, mm-hmm. and actually one out of three page. That's actually a pretty heavy, yes, pretty good density bad, art, yeah. actually. So that's that's our goal anyway. Um, yeah, the well, books are gorgeous. That's always your biggest cost, really, isn't it? So. It is. You know, and I, oh. I, yeah, I did that on my, um, when I did Lampslide, I did a post on that Kickstarter where I told everybody exactly how much money it cost mm. to put that. Mm. And creating 80% of the art myself, not paying myself, yeah. the book oh. costs six grand. Yeah. I mean, at least. And that was cheap. That was, I got very, okay. very lucky okay. to get that. Yeah. And that's well, not say, paying a writer and not paying an artist. Even with art being the biggest cost in a book, artists still aren't paid enough. No, and it no. should be more. Right. You know, yeah, I, yeah gosh, I hope more, I'm not. Im- you know, it should. It should be yeah. more. Yeah, please. gosh, I hope I'm not giving that impression. Yes, no, artists are yeah. worth every penny. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. A good artist that will listen and get what you're looking for, and then get it to you on mm. time and work with you. Yeah, I've had. I've been. I work with some really, really good ones. Yeah. Anna, Gwenny are amazing. Um, Jack, Jack Hazer's great. Actually, yeah. with Shadow, I've worked with him a few times, and Matt Ray, and uh, yeah, there's yeah. just a bunch, but. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably the most thing that I'm pretty excited about too, is how well the art has turned out. And again, it's a very different book visually than my last one, um, mm. because that one was a sanitarium. <laughs> so oh, hopefully yeah. it, hopefully it looks a lot different, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. And the back of levels, they look really good actually. Um, obviously you cut standard $1 donation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's it? Harper's and $5 is for the actual PDF. Uh, yeah, which will be so, art free. Is that is that right? Am yeah, I and you know what? I'll yeah. probably end up getting that as either a Mobi or an EPUB too. Mm. Mm, mm. All, all day, <laughs> that like, is totally an experiment. Yeah, so yeah. that you can throw it on your Kindle or your iPad, just see what it is. I think mm. I've only got one person backing it right now, yeah. but I'm curious about it. I you know I know a few folks that have done it, and I love them. I absolutely yeah. love it when they're on an EPUB. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, so we've got a Harper's E friend, you know, which yeah. is the fifteen dollars. That's the full. P- yeah. That's the full so, program. So, so It'll so be probably yeah, around sort of basic entry level pledge, really, though, isn't it? The fifteen dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the PDF will probably be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, PDF probably about one hundred and fifty pages. I wouldn't be shocked if we end up closer over that, um, but that's my guess at this mm-hmm. point. Twenty one dollars gets you a. Uh, oh, sorry, to interrupt. I noticed you did is fully indexed. Is that meaning? 
rather than just being a PDF, it's like it will have hyperlinks that one can go between to get to the Yeah, places. so plan, what or? I'll do is, that, yeah, the table of yeah. contents yeah. will be indexed. So you click that, oh, you go there. Yeah. I won't go quite so crazy as some of the old Paizo books where you can click yeah. within it to the rules mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Craig, yeah. Craig does a fantastic job, though, and yeah. I... The PDFs that aren't indexed, I understand why, but honestly, that's something you should spend the extra eight hours on because it's it's about it's eight hours of awfulness. Yeah, it's hard. But oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I've done it's it terrible. <laughs> the yeah, I have, it's so yeah. tedious. But I pay somebody to do that for me because Craig's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it will be indexed because that makes it so mm -hmm. much easier. Yeah, and then for just twenty one dollars, you got Harper's Friend there, which so that'll yeah. be a print on demand. And so when I fund what I do, and I, again, I can't remember Russ, if you did this, I think you might've, but I can't remember. Um, I'll send you out a coupon. Actually, I'll end up probably hopefully sending you three coupons. Um, so there'll be codes for soft cover, hardcover, hardcover premium. I will give you all three. If you pledge for the book, you can print the book out three times with three different sets. If you want, hand them out, whatever. Um, and so what you do is you'll get a at, at cost printing from drive through mm -hmm. RPG. And mm -hmm. that's great. First off, their quality is very, very good. I was very yeah. happy with the book that they did for me previously. Yeah. Um, Rob's book they just okay. did. Uh, what was it? A cult philosophy I've, I've looks always fantastic. Been happy with the quality. I think yeah. your books, yeah. right? Yeah, your books look great too, Russ. And those were yeah, from them, yeah. I think. The other thing is, is so here's a newsflash, and I'm being sarcastic, but I do not actually own the post office um, and I have no influence on it at all. And everybody who's ever published is laughing right yeah. now because they know that it is our bane of our existence. And I will probably never actually print my own mm. book. Well, okay. I take that back. There's one thing I will do, but um, this way I have distribution in Europe. I have distribution in Australia, U S yeah. where's, is there another one? Russ? I think I it's just remember, those three. But, yeah. Yeah. Is it yeah. so? But between those three distributions, I, I mean, I actually right. sent a book to um, a guy in um, Belgium mm -hmm. and it cost literally 25 within 25 cents of me to get it to him as it did for me to order it and send it to myself. Yeah, in the US. They, print, they print it in the UK and then ship it just over the channel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's huge. And also, you're working with Drive Through. Drive Through is fantastic. Yes. Um, you could do it on your own pace too, because I have folks. Oh, yeah. I still have folks pay, uh, you know, printing their books from my campaign that ended, you know, a long time yeah. ago. Um, yeah. So yeah, I love print on demand actually, and it saves mm. so many hassles. God, that is, yeah. that's a big mess. Um, mm. So yeah, so you've got a couple more tiers. You've got tiers where. Ooh. You can buy a book. So let's say you're not a D&D &D person, as crazy as that is. It happens. Um, how does that happen? But, you know, you can actually just buy a book for Friends yeah. of Kids. Yeah. And you don't, I mean, you, you get stuff, but you don't have to do anything with mm -hmm. it, of course. Um, but you send the book to them. And those that tier, I think, is that 45 $45, like Friends of Kids with Cancer. Mm. Yeah, so that, again, that actually includes a physical book hand-delivered to Friends of Kids with Cancer. Mm. Yeah, a 15 out of the possible 50 have already been claimed. Sure. So to get yeah, in yep. Yeah. And then the next one is, I think, one for you, one for me, yeah. which is basically yeah. everybody gets a book, which is nice. Yeah. Um, the next one after that is, I'm yeah. going off the top of my head because I'm in front of me, but is oh, yeah. um, Memorial the, One, basically where the, you get to, in honor of, is that it? As uh -huh. dedicated uh, friend. A dedicated oh, it's friend. A name an NPC item location. Mm. Yep. Yeah. That one's I mean, going pretty fast, actually. I actually yeah. up the link. I actually up the number on that one because we were hitting the top mm. fast. So yes. again, you give me a name. Claimed, so yeah. That's yeah, it, it was twenty mm. until yesterday. I'm like, oh, we need to keep that going. Mm. Yeah. So 
if you've actually, you know, at Rust Reddit, so in the first adventure, if you pull it out, you'll actually see sections yeah, where right, I wrote down to be renamed. Why I yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so okay. we'll get you in there, put some names in there, and that's a pretty easy one um, mm-hmm. for folks. Um, the other $75 one is actually playing a mm-hmm. game Yes. with an adv- uh, with the designer that wrote it. Oh, I see. So not necessarily yourself, but more the other people. It will probably not be me as busy as I get. Because I actually, yeah. I, I talked about it and we looked at it a lot. Um, I think, how many are there? Eight? I think um, Ben, Don, Hannah, like two, like three or four of my designers actually said I'd absolutely run a game for yeah, somebody. Yeah. Nice. And the one above, what's the next one up? Oh, uh, next one I've got is Kid's Best Friend. That's the two hundred dollars yeah, yeah. right? Yes. So, so that one, that one sold out at the moment. I might increase it. I'm kind of thinking about that. So that was originally six. That became ten. And what that is is you actually are going to get all the other mm-hmm. stuff, but you're also yep. going to get you're going to design either a location, an NPC, nice. an item with art. Mm-hmm. Yes. For the game, and you know, like actually, so my first backer was uh, the amazing Matt Lillard. From yeah. Scream and Scooby Doo and Beetle yeah. and Grimm, Matt yeah. is an awesome guy. He's so I don't know if you guys ever met no, him, but he is fantastic. Well, well Matt, I've great. got some news for you, my friend. Um, you've all ten have been sold out, so people I know. like yeah, but Russ, the chance. I know, I know. Them. It's so, but the oh. art. <laughs> I know. I need to. I know. So what I want to do is I'm probably going to bump it back up. The oh. challenge is is that when we have our backers in there, I don't want it oh. to delay the book too mm. much. No, and my backers, I'm sure, will be fantastic. But yes. I, so I've essentially added 10, ten more writers to my other nine just to get yeah. to this ten. So I now have wow. nineteen people working yeah. on this book. Um, yeah. And so it's it's hard because I love that back. I mean, everybody really likes that tier. So oh, I've yeah, got to. Yeah. I probably will back it up again or maybe do something <laughs> different. But yeah, so those. I think that's our tiers. Yeah, right? yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's all. That and they've been yeah. going great. Yeah. It's been really, really wonderful having you on, Matt. A real pleasure. And thank you. Uh, really thank you best, both. I appreciate best it. Best of luck with the Indiegogo campaign. I know you'll fund. Like, you'll, you'll yeah. do really, really well with this. I know uh, Matt Mercer gave you I a shout it, out as it's well, been didn't three he? Days. Recently. 57 percent it's it's yeah really yeah matt mercer gives a shout out but you know what matt if you're listening feel free to keep doing it <laughs> um matt coble you can sam liam marisha laura travis all you guys um feel free to shout out as much as you want <laughs> all right well th- like i said pleasure, thank matt. you guys so so much um folks can find me at matthew d corley that's where i'm on twitter i'm yeah. i'm there all the time yeah, we'll have links in the show notes to everything, so everyone can just click through, and they'll be able to jump Perfect. through to the Indiegogo, to you on Twitter, all that sort of stuff. Excellent. It'll be nice and easy for people to find, and uh, yeah, I really do wish you the best of luck. You don't need it, because you're going to do... I, know, I was telling tell my partner, Kelly, yesterday, I'm like, man, once we find, I can finally get a decent night. <laughs> and on that uh, note, I'm going to get on there. I haven't actually backed it yet, so I better get on there and do that. Yeah, but thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Guys, I appreciate it. I'd love to pleasure. come back and talk anytime about We'd anything. We'd love to have you back. So. This is super fun, yeah. Like I said, yeah, Sandy has Ghoul Island going today, too, so I've got apparently two Kickstarters going right now. (laughs) Okay, is is this your other one you've got going on, Ghoul Island? Yeah, so for Sandy Peterson, you know, Peterson, like Sandy of Call of Cthulhu Peterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does 5th edition now. Right. This is the first adventure Mm -hmm. path, so I wrote it. Um, Sandy sent me the outline and helped me with pieces of it, and so four books... Each book's wow. anywhere from 70 to 100 pages long. We're doing it okay. as a serial, mm-hmm. kind of like uh-huh. Patho, Paizo does. Yeah, yeah. Today it starts at some point. It takes you from level 1 to 15. You're on an island. You have a great old one. It's ghouls. It's 
I'm very happy with it, actually. I think it turned yeah. out really well. Um, so, so, so we're sort of mixing and mashing. We've got some D&D. We're throwing in some horror. You've got split over, what was it, four books? Four books, 15 nice. adventures. Oof. Yeah, I wrote. Yeah, I wrote them all. <laughs> um, yeah, wow, so it's okay. it's it, yeah. If you look around, actually, I think there is a free PDF of wow. most of the first adventure that he'll oh. put on there. So you can grab it and look. And of course, I mean, Sandy's artists are great. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty neat. Totally different than than Harper's Tale, but yeah, absolutely different thing. But that's just your versatility going through. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank yes. you so much. Thank you for coming on. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo! Off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.